to our 10th episode of Truncated Thoughts, presented by Prescouter, where we discuss trending topics in healthcare. I'm Jeremy Schmer, and with me is Dr. Ryan LaRanger. Our show is available on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. So medicine and treatments have become increasingly precise in recent years, and today we're going to talk about robotics and their role in surgery. Ryan, there are many companies developing robots and computer programs to assist with surgery. What are some of the cool things happening in this space? So this is a really interesting topic. Uh, first of all, let's talk about background enabling technologies that are helping here and also everywhere else as a trend. And then we can talk a little bit more about some specific, really interesting things that are happening in terms of robotic surgery specifically. One of the big advantages, and I cannot stress this enough, is the advent of 5G. As 5G becomes more uh, operatable, as it becomes more integrated in our systems, robotic surgery becomes much easier to do. Uh, why? Uh, the main reason why is because of latency. One of the real challenges in robotic surgery is that there, the delay between when you move and when the robot does. Even if there are very, very, very tiny delays, if the very tiny lag time, uh, that can have a huge impact depending on surgery. So uh, the advent of 5G, huge deal. Then uh, just the other things that I think we can spend some time talking about include the hardware side of the equation, particularly sort of soft robotics, uh, <laughs> really interesting looking systems, minimally invasive surgical systems, micro tools. And then we can also spend some time talking about things in terms of uh, enabling technologies such as sensors, artificial intelligence systems, and so on. So let me just take a breath there. Does that all make sense? Yeah, sounds like there's a million directions we can go for this chat. Let's start with some of the minimally invasive type of applications. What, what do you see there? How is this possible? So minimally invasive robotic surgery and minimally invasive surgery in general is something that we've been getting much, much better at. Part of why is because our sensor systems have improved. So you're able to get, you know, ultrasounds or other types of systems or sensors just on wherever it is you're doing the surgery. To explain what I mean, just to back up a little bit by minimally, minimally invasive surgery, it's that's a case where instead of having to sort of uh, the classic uh, medical show procedure where someone's opened up completely. There are all of the people standing around. Um, instead, the goal is you take very, very small, uh, in, you take a small incision, you insert a tool, the tool moves around and then does whatever cutting or stitching that needs to happen so that the end result is a relatively tiny incision that needs to be, be closed by uh, stitching. Does that make sense before I move on? It sounds like you're sort of playing operation. I don't know if you played that as a kid, but how, how does that compare to operation? <laughs> Not well. Um, it's like playing operation if you were very far away and sort of using small magnets on poles, but the poles <laughs> could move. It, it's a hard thing to approximate for a human to do because um, it, it follows very much these kind of, uh, you can imagine sort of a robotic snake type uh, thing sort of moving to where you need it to go. And then at the end of it, you know, in the sort of barest bones version, you have like a little snippy tool and that cuts, for instance, um, a tumor or a potential tumor out. Uh, this is done very frequently in colonoscopies, which are like one of the classic minimally invasive surgeries. 
but uh, the increasing robustness and decreasing size of these tools is making them more applicable to more standard surgeries. I actually had my appendix removed um, with minimally invasive surgery, where instead of them having to open up my whole abdomen and sort of look at this business, instead they could just take three of these small tools, they could insert them in, snake them to the right place, one snipped, another one vacuumed up waste. So it sounds like it's a lot about precision and, and getting into small areas without maybe affecting others. Are you seeing that there are other applications for this? You mentioned appendix and you know colonoscopy. What other procedures or applications are, are ripe for this? So you <laughs> theoretically, you could do this for almost anything. The challenge is, and this is one of the areas where innovation is very important, that when you are doing these minimally invasive surgeries, you do not have touch and resistance sensing. And your site is uh, garbage. It's not great. Um, with more sort of classical tools. And from a surgeon's perspective, that is a huge problem. They depend very much on a sense of touch and resistance that, you know, they're incredibly well trained in this. And so one area where you're seeing a lot of innovation is in the inclusion of sensors, which can rapidly turn, you know, whatever the data input is on one side to something that the surgeon can then sort of see, right? There are other sort of really, really wild systems that are being worked on in that respect, but that's sort of one side of it. And I apologize, I'm a little bit dodging your question on what procedures can be done because it's like most of them. Uh, the other thing I just want to quickly bring up in terms of enabling technologies for these kinds of surgical robots is a uh, soft robot paradigm where instead, when you think of a robot, you think of something that's like hard and metal. And obviously when that's snaking around organs, that can cause problems. So um, groups are working on robots which are much, much softer that uh, still move in that same kind of snake-like way and can result in a much safer surgery. So there's a lot of elements to this. And what I'm curious about is, you know, suppose I'm a surgeon and I have 25 years of experience. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm in my mid or late fifties and I've done things by touch, you know, I relying on my own intuition and ability to, to feel for things. How easy is it for someone with experience to really relearn or integrate these new tools? It, uh, easy. It's not, it's not easy. It's you have to relearn uh, a couple of things. This is one of the challenges, these sorts of building training programs for it. Uh, another thing that's very important, though, and this sort of brings up your point, is there are groups that are developing. So there are also these more classical surgery robots, which can do minimally invasive, but are effectively approximating a surgeon, multiple arms and so on. Um, there are groups that are working on full haptic feedback systems for surgeons. What do I mean by that? Basically, you can imagine almost like a pair of gloves that the surgeon wears in wherever they are, and the gloves give the surgeon the feeling of resistance when the robot is feeling resistance. And it's this kind of haptic feedback, which is allowing surgeons to utilize more of their training and get much more real-time information from the patient side that they would otherwise get with robotic surgery. 
Got it. So the haptic sensors are really a simulation for what it might actually feel like. Right. And it's, as with any system, when we're talking about robotics, or when we're talking about machine learning, it, the more data and the more kinds of data you have, the better the insights you can get. So if you have a system which is now getting really robust haptics data, excellent imaging data from multiple sources and so on, you can get a much better sense of and prediction of when something might go wrong. So that instead of the robot just existing, it can start actually collaborating with the surgeon. Ooh, that collaboration, something that I know it's is a word I use a lot. I yeah, no, it's, it's, it's important as we see the, the future of this. That is the, the end of our time for today. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Remember, you can find information on how to contact us with any questions or commentary in the show notes. Next time, we're going to keep this conversation going because there are a lot of directions that we can take it. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>